listening to the Cars of Carlisle podcast, episode 18. Today, Darren interviews Bill Anderson, another local car nut. Listen in as Bill and Darren just talk between friends in his garage and hear all the stories about Bill's time drag racing back in the day and all of his favorite cars. What a wealth of knowledge. So let's get revved up. Hello, Cubers. Darren here with you. And Holly. Thank you for joining us for episode 18. This one, as Holly introed, is about our mutual friend, Bill. And before we get too far into this episode, this is probably a real good time, Holly, don't you think, just to, to thank our fans? Oh, yeah, for sure. Certainly, every day we watch the counts on the followers and our social media presence. and uh, we Downloads. Th- exactly. Thank you so very much. In fact, we've been getting some really great ratings and reviews and that's as good as gold to an i or so I should say on iPod having those kinds of reviews is as good as gold to a podcaster. So we truly thank each and every one of you. Yes, for sure. And even you know one of the things that Darren and I love to see is where all in the world people are listening to us. That's a good point. And we are so excited to say that our second highest country of listeners is Spain. Yes. So España. Shout out to Spain for <laughs> listening, and uh, we appreciate you guys joining us. That's right. So, muchas gracias. <laughs> um, but really, it's, it's interesting. We were looking at some of the other, you, you tend to look at our statistics even more than I do, and the metrics in uh, Mexico, as well as Germany. Canada. So, yeah. it's uh, definitely becoming a worldwide uh, following. So Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Welcome aboard, and when you're in Carlisle, reach out to us. For sure. Cars of Carlisle at Outlook.com. Let us know when you're coming across the pond or coming south or coming north, and we'd love to uh, love to meet you. So why don't we uh, go ahead and get into this episode. Is there anything you wanted to add to your, your intro no, or pitch? No, I'm just excited. I'm excited to hear the uh, interview with you and Bill. Okay. Sounds like it went great. Let's get to it. Great. Off to Chambersburg. All right, Cubers, this is Darren, and I am reaching you this evening from the garage of Bill Anderson. He's a friend of mine and a longtime car nut. We are in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, and uh, truly, we have this uh, interview set up in his garage, and this is a, a real car guy, a guy's guy, and, and thanks for taking time to meet with me tonight, Bill. Thanks, Darren. I'm happy to be on. Uh, hopefully, I can uh, contribute something interesting to your listeners. Of course. No, so. Cars of Carlisle always work. We love... We, we cover everything from the most modern of cars to uh, old school and, and even uh, 32 deuce coupes and you name it. So we, we anything that has uh, has tires and wheels, we love it. Yeah, that's cool. I'm, uh, I'm very much old school. I uh, grew up uh, during the late uh, 60s and early 70s during the age of the muscle car. Uh, back then you could uh, put six people in your car and do 140 miles an hour with the air conditioning <laughs> on and in the... Uh, eight track playing at that time uh-huh. so uh it was very much uh, a good time to grow up in sure so, uh missed those days uh with the new uh, induction systems things get a little bit murky uh, nowadays but uh, uh still love the old carbureted days well you've always been a wrencher right oh yeah yeah so uh, i grew up kind of in uh, in the steel industry uh my dad was a steel fabricator i became a steel fabricator that led me into uh, heavy equipment and uh, working on heavy equipment and then into motors and such. So uh, I've had quite a broad range of experience, mm-hmm. uh, both on the fabricating side, which let me do a lot of interesting things to chassis, and then in the automotive side. So uh, 
what I was able to uh, design in chassis structure, I could stick a motor in and make it work. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, just even sitting here in the garage, uh, when I first got here, uh, Bill showed me his 76 C-Ray that yeah. he's been restoring and a 76 uh, Shasta dual axle pull behind uh, yeah. camping trailer. So he yeah. also loves everything with uh, wheels and without wheels. That's correct. Uh, I have one rule. If you're going to have old, it ought to be cool. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good rule. I like it. So uh, if you're going to if you're going to have old, have cool, uh, be able to work on it and fix it because most people don't know how to nowadays to, to work on the older stuff. Um, I, I guess I should say that and there's a lot of great mechanics out there. A lot of young guys coming up that uh, have a great knowledge uh, uh, for both old and uh, and the new stuff. So, but uh, yeah, if it's if it's old and it's cool, it's going to be in my garage. That's really neat. <laughs> well, talk a little bit about those uh, maybe those high school days and and the first oh, wow. cars you started to work on, and then yeah. when you got your license and all that. Yeah, yeah. I grew up out in Indiana. Uh, in Indiana, we do a lot of straight line racing, uh, not a lot of oval tracks out there. Uh, so we grew up with uh, small cars and vast amount of horsepower, which was uh, really great. Um, 68, 69, 70s, uh, all those years with uh, small block Chevys. And uh, I, I had a lot of big blocker friends, but I was always a small block fan. Uh, did you and, like the, the quick spool and the, and the yeah, torque, or what did you... Yeah, it's a low-end torque. It's a, it's just the uh, the high horsepower, uh, the feel of the, the launch on the, on the small block. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, you could put a... Um, you could put a... Uh, oh, a kid in the engine and, and run uh, 7,000 RPM out of that thing, and, uh, you know... Uh, we used to run them up until the until the valve started to float. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, there, you could do a lot with a small block. I had a 327 and a 68 uh, uh, SS and Pala SS, and it was in, indestructible. Wow! And uh, I love that car, and uh, it uh, it would just absolutely get her done. That's and, awesome. Uh, big block. I always love the sound of a big block on heavy pipes. Sure. But uh, the small block is where my heart's at. So, Very cool. Yeah. So in my boat, I got a 302 Ford uh, small block in that. And of course, the Tahoe's got a 5.3 uh, in it. And uh, the camper doesn't have anything in it <laughs> <laughs> yet. Well, yeah, that would be a cool little invention to see what you yeah. do with that. Well, what about, uh, what were some of your first cars in Indiana days? Yeah, uh, in my days, uh, of course, we didn't have a lot of money. So we kind of got what we got. But one of my first cars was an, F, uh, an Olds F85. And Olds F85 was kind of a little sporty car. Uh, it was a great little runaround car. Um, so that was one of the cars I had, uh, Olds F85. I had a 69 uh, Galaxy 500 mm. with a 390 in it. Uh, of course, the 68 Impala had that. I wish I had all the cars back again. Mm -hmm. um, I had a Scout 2 with a three, uh, 495 engine in it. What a great yeah. vehicle. Those are so rugged. Oh, yeah, they was wild. I had a, a 69 Lincoln Continental two-door hardtop. That car, I had a 460 in it. It had dual everything in it, dual exhaust, it had dual everything. But uh, that was one tough car, uh, beautiful car. That two-door was as long as a four-door. The bonnet on it opened up forward, kind of like uh, some of the English cars. Mm -hmm. And uh, that thing, whenever you looked out across the hood, it was like looking out across real estate. It was bizarre. <laughs> but uh, just a beautiful car. And I just love those big old hulky cars. Sure. So, But they had a, jeez, uh, had a... Uh, a converted Vega. And oh, no kidding. A, yeah. What'd you do to that? Three, 350 Vega. Okay. And then I had a 350 S10 pickup, four bolt main. Those uh, would have been good straight liners. Oh, my. Uh, those two cars, you could just, uh, 
they were so light you would just sit at the light and lose the car in the smoke mm-hmm. it was crazy mm-hmm. crazy cool so I've, been, I've done a lot of stuff uh the fabricate again uh, lend me uh, to do a lot of things that most guys maybe wouldn't be able to do uh i, I never bought uh motor mounts i always built my own okay uh all my motors sat low in the chassis like a nascar mm-hmm. uh, so a lot of the kits put the engine way up high and uh, I didn't like the configuration, the way it sat in the engine compartment. Um, the S10 I did, uh, had that engine in uh, six times uh, before I finally get it sit down in the way I wanted it. The oil pan was only about two inches off the ground, but it looked like a NASCAR engine. Oh, sure. Uh, one of the cooler uh, ones I did, I had a, uh, an Olds 98, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the little ones. It was a, uh, was a 84, I think. It was, I can't remember now. But uh, it was one of the small ones, had the uh, converted 350 gas engine for mm-hmm. diesel. Mm-hmm. So we yanked that out and put a 455 in that bad boy. <laughs> and uh, that properly went down the road. I'm certain it did. So it was one of the fastest luxury cars I ever owned. Wow. But uh, very cool stuff back in those days. Well, uh, sure. You could do a lot of things, make a lot of power for real cheap. Sounds almost like a, a hail back to the American Graffiti as oh, far yeah. as just... Yeah. See what you see what you have and bring it and run it. And yeah, it's it's interesting if you look at the '50s and the and the way the technology uh, rolled from the '50s on up into the mid '60s. A lot of that uh, early technology, the '60s and '70s, just built on that technology. So the pioneering days, you know, were kind of through '55 uh, up into '65, and uh, so all those hot rodders of early age are really were the fathers of what happened in the 65 through the you know 75 and into the 80s uh, we just kind of built on that technology um, we found out that uh, through the induction system we can make a tremendous amount of power mm-hmm. so it wasn't really how big the piston was uh, though that was relative it was how we got the fuel and air in there mm-hmm. right so uh, the better the heads got the better the cams got the better the induction systems got fuel injection got uh, the more horsepower and the less fuel we could use. Mm-hmm. So nowadays, it's a, it's a great blend. I mean, we get great uh, fuel uh, fuel economy, and yet we can uh, make a ton of horsepower mm-hmm. uh, because we know how to, to induce the engine and fu- uh, the fuel and air into the the system better. And shut down banks of cylinders too. While exactly we're right. Along at yeah. So I mean, when we entered, uh, and and now my with my job at work, uh, working with soft products, working with computers. Um, engines nowadays are completely controlled by the computer so we can set them how we want them to run on different power bands at different levels mm-hmm. so uh, if we need a, a truck to pull we can set the power band so it runs low rpm the high torque uh, if we need some speed that we can always raise the rpm the uh, engine rpm raise the horsepower and and bring that speed out with less torque so it just depends on how we want that car mm-hmm. to run or truck to run uh, we can completely set them by uh, by software, so that's a whole different thing. You know, I used to be I'd pull my screwdriver out and right. I would set how I'd want my engine. Yeah, to run. had the timing light. And timing light, screwdriver, adjust the fuel, adjust the you know mm-hmm. the spark, uh, retard it, advance it, do those things mechanically, and that's all done with the computer now. Mm-hmm. People have to remember the mechanical part is still the mechanical part. Right. What we've changed is how we tweak. That's a really good point. Right. So instead of my hand changing it now, mm-hmm. the computer does it. Mm-hmm. It's all the differences. Right. So once we break it down to that level, you can see where computers aren't really all that daunting. All right. they do is replace your hand for what you would have done anyhow. That's an excellent way to look at so, that. And that's, that, that breaks it down pretty easy and makes you understand it. Now, whenever you have a problem with the computer, 
Right. That's a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're getting the laptop out. Oh, yeah. sure. Instead of instead of your borescope, you're out with your laptop uh-huh. trying to find out what's going on. That makes sense. So it's a, a different world we live in. Well, I'm going to put you a bit on the hot seat. Yeah. Uh, I always like to call my guests their members of the rumble seat. But yeah. uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say an era, so like 40s, 50s. Okay. And just the first car that comes to mind, let's say that I just came with a briefcase of cash. Okay. And you can have any of these vehicles, and we'll go all up to current time. Okay. All right, so 1940s. What's the car that you want to put in your massive new garage? Uh, I'd probably get a, uh, wow, a 1940s car. I can't think of one. They have a, uh, there was a Chevy uh, Coupe delivery. Okay. And I think it was a 42. I can't remember the year now. Okay. But uh, it was uh, it was a car that was actually made into a, into a sales vehicle. Like a businessman. Yeah, it didn't have a back seat in it. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, and a lot of guys did hot rod stuff with those cars. Okay. They were really cool. Okay. Uh, that would be cool. So I think I would have a Chevy uh, business coupe would probably be a good one. Nice. In the 40s, yeah. And they were three-window, weren't they? Yeah, yep. exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah, so in, 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 uh, if we're going into the 50s, Yeah, course, please do. The 50s, 57 Nomad came from that era. Ah, would right. that be your pick? Yeah, absolutely. Two-door, back, you know. Uh, now, why the Nomad out. over the Bel Air? Just, uh, I like the Nomad because it's a two-door, and I've okay. always been a two-door sport nut. Okay. So it's just... It, it, it seems to be more of a sport car than a four-door. A four-door always talked to me as a family. Sure, sure. Even though I've had a lot of four-doors. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but I've always uh, I, I've enjoyed the two-doors just because of the sport factor. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like the the, no, uh, the 57 Nomad. Uh, was a great car. Uh, I also like the, uh, uh, the Ford uh, Thunderbird, mm. Mount 56 Thunderbird was mm-hmm. an excellent car. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Corvettes that came out, 59 Corvette, yeah. that was great. Um, any early 60s Corvette. Oh, 63, mid-year, 63s yeah. and 67 oh, yeah. was so any, gorgeous. Any of those, yeah. So, but anyhow, that, yeah, so Ford on the, on the uh, Thunderbird and Chevy, uh, with the 57. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, I, I like the 56 look, too, but the 57 always was my car. Sure. So. Now, it sounds like you started to, we, we dipped into the 60s a little bit. Oh, yeah. But I'm, go I'm going to give you, I'm gonna give you a couple more. I, I brought an extra suitcase, so yeah. let's, uh, there's, there's more cash for you to pick from. So we'll, yeah. That's your era, so how about we give you three choices? Okay. In the, uh, in the 60s, it's the, uh, probably the 68, uh, the 68 uh, Impala SS that I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the uh, the '69 uh, Ford that I had with the 390 and the Galaxy 500. Okay. And probably the the, the pick of the of all of the flock would be uh, any of the early '63 through '65 vets. Yeah, that's yeah. Those are beautiful. Uh, of course, if you can find a split window, even better. But mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really love those body styles. There were a lot of great cars. Uh, in the late '60s, produced a ton of great cars. Uh, including the Dodge uh, Charger and Challenger and all mm-hmm. those cars, mm-hmm. they're just great. So, but uh, yeah, so that's the that's the era I'd come with. Nice. So, now, seventies. Yeah. Is there anything that stands out to you? Bill? Yeah, uh, I love seventy Novas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were great. Uh, big block Novas were good. Big block block Corvettes were were cool. Uh, some of the Mustangs were, were pretty good uh, coming out with the Shelbys and the uh, in the Cobra package. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they were cool. Era of the Mach. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, so in those ages, uh, I, I like I like those a lot. Uh, think of anything else? 
I love the uh, the javelin. Oh the yeah, AMC javelin. yeah, absolutely. That's that's that kind of a rare bird. A great car, and mm-hmm. I actually had a uh, yeah, I actually had a uh, a '74 uh, Dodge Duster. Uh, it was a Hang Ten pack. It was a great car. Uh, so I had one of those. Now, what was included with the Hang Ten? That's that's a new one. Yeah, you had uh, the Hang Ten was uh, was kind of the Beach Boys kind of car. The okay. Hang Ten was uh, like a surfer package. Okay, had stripes that came down off of the uh, hood around to the front uh, front fenders. Anyhow, the uh, the back seat. Whenever you opened up the the tailgate, the the trunk. Uh, you could lay down the seats and even lay down the front uh, uh, passenger seat and actually lay a surfboard all the nice. way through the car. That makes sense. Yeah, so they called it the Hang Timber. It was a very cool car. That is neat. Yeah. I never knew anything about that. Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of purpose-driven cars, but that was a very cool car. My buddy, uh, he had a uh, he had a uh, a Dodge Dart with a 440 in it, and he got that from Oof. the factory. And I ordered it with a manual, or was it? It was a four-speed manual. Okay. Yeah. It was uh, pretty much a full-on race car that you could order back then from Dodge. Oh my! So it was Dodge. Did he have a lot of like radio delete and heater delete and some other things to uh, keep weight down? No, he had a heater because we lived in Indiana, uh, so okay. we had to have a heater. You sure. just couldn't drive it, but uh, it didn't have any radio in it. it had yeah. a heater in it. Uh, no electronics, all power, no no power windows sure. or anything, all roll sure. up. And then uh, he put a roll cage in it, which it didn't come with a roll cage, but uh, it had a lot of cool stuff on it. I'm so, certain. Yeah, so it uh, it was it was very interesting. How about the 80s? I know there's probably less to choose from there. Uh, yeah, by then it started to get pretty pretty tame for me. And homogenous. Uh, things. Yeah, good. and then uh, in the 80s, I, you know, I, I came of age with my family. So, you know, now I'm looking at uh, big cars, uh, mm-hmm. uh, vans, that kind of thing. Sure. For the 80s, we had a lot of sport vans. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, of course, the Dodge van was huge. And I had one of those all painted up, nice. mag wheels on it. Uh, were you custom inside? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I may mean, not a heavy custom, but uh, captain's chairs, lights, and all that sure, stuff. Sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, and then I had a uh, I had this huge uh, uh, Ford Marquis station wagon with a 460 <laughs> in it. It had you know it was all black like like my Tahoe. Wow. But uh, all black uh, and it had wire rims on it and all that stuff. You know, even whenever I was a family sure. guy, I was still trying to a bit of a sleeper up. then. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and that was a bit of a road car. Uh, I set it up to uh, to uh, run heavy between Indiana and a few. We uh, we lived in Indiana. My family lived in Pennsylvania, so we used that to go back and forth. So uh, big interstate car. Yeah, it was a big interstate car, nice. and it would it would fly. It would it would do uh, it would do triple digits if I needed to. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't want to because right, right. I couldn't afford to gas for it. Well, sure. <laughs> Had to make a stop every 25 miles, probably. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, so. what did the Anderson, the Anderson family uh, have in the driveway in the 90s and the early 2000s? Uh, we had uh, pretty much big semi-luxury type cars and mm-hmm. vans. Okay. Uh, in the 90s, uh, we, we pretty much went to vans because of the size of families. And I haven't owned a car since the 90s. Okay. Yeah, they've all been vans, minivans, and, and uh, sport uh, okay. utilities. Nice. Just because of what we do, uh, the, the size of the family. And hauling your toys. Yeah, hauling the toys around. I had uh, We had six daughters, so we had a lot wow. of And usually if we had six daughters, we had six of their friends with them. Oh, my. Um, uh, one of the stories, uh, we took... Uh, 12 raging teenage girls in my motorhome down to a new kids on the block concert in <laughs> Alpine Valley, Alpine Valley. And that was uh, most interesting. You've earned your sainthood, right? Yes, indeed. 
<laughs> so, does but, your daughter uh, still remember and appreciate that? Absolutely. Okay. My wife stood out in, in uh, cold the night before, all night for those tickets. Oh my gosh! You know, so it was uh, a team was, effort. Yeah, it was a great time for us, though. So, uh, you know, we 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 jammed six kids and my wife and myself in a, in a big Dodge van. Went from uh, we lived at that time we lived in uh, Wisconsin and we drove down, you know, a couple of times to uh, Florida. Sure. And road tripped a lot with it. So really that was cool. just a lot. It seemed like everything we did was kind of road trip thing. So uh, big vans were always in our, you know, our motor homes. They're ideal for that, though. Yeah, exactly. So, but we, you know, we run, we ran the uh, the gamut with motor homes and thirty twos and all that stuff, and now mm-hmm. we're downsized down to a little camper because mm-hmm. uh, the family's uh, gone. Sure, know, doing their thing. Well, so. do you think that you'll have uh, a classic? Uh, back in your garage here in the, in the future? Yeah, uh, my wife and I were just talking about it. Uh, we're actually, uh, we're looking at a few different cars, uh, and I haven't decided a model yet. The problem is that my wife knows if I buy something, that it's going to be a frame-off, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, she knows that I don't do anything halfway. Mm-hmm. So if I'm just going to buy it and put wax on it, that's probably not going to work. So it's the right car. Uh, how much do we pay for it? How much do we want it? How deep do we want to go into mm-hmm. it? So... Uh, we talked about Mustangs, but you know, uh, and I'll be quite honest with you. We were at a car show uh, this last weekend, and if there was one Mustang there with a su- with a, uh, a supercharger on it, there was 15, mm-hmm. and it's just become very common. Mm-hmm. And even the elite Mustangs uh, are paled now because of the amount of Mustangs that are out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the Mustangs we were looking at was uh, uh, it was an Eleanor. Uh, oh wow! And, yeah, it was an Eleanor. Uh, uh, design car, uh, and it looked very much like uh, the Eleanor car. Sixty-seven, I'm guessing. Yeah, but this was a it was a new one. Okay. Okay. So it was probably a 2016 or so, uh, but it was uh, the same color green. Uh, had the the window uh, covers over the back two windows the same. Uh, it, it was very much an Eleanor car, but it was, but it was. Though it was one of the most trick cars down there, it is still paled because of the other the amount of mm-hmm. Mustangs there. Mm-hmm. And you know they, we went through that age with Corvettes where everybody had a Corvette, and then it was like, oh, you got a Corvette, big deal. It's kind of getting that way with saturation. Mustangs, you know, saturation is too much. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and it, it it's bad when you can pull your Tahoe down there next and have something more unusual than 15 Mustangs with supercharger on them. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was a little bit much. But, you know, I still love the old cars, uh, old Henry J's, uh, Willie's, uh, uh, all those old cars are just uh, wonderful cars. Uh, the craftsmanship, the guys that work on those, uh, you just got to really appreciate mm-hmm. uh, what they do to keep those cars running. So, And um, actually, I should just use the word craftsman. Uh, Bill being a friend of mine, and also I was just down in his shop in the basement, but he is a blacksmith and a woodworker and mechanic and can do auto body work and he can any if it has uh, has an engine he can tear it apart and put it back together so he's a man of many talents yeah we uh i grew up that way i grew up on the farm and on the farm you, you develop many talents very quickly uh grew up in the steel industry uh when i left the farm uh, uh doing uh fabrication steel fabrication uh i became i got a uh, I'm, a I'm a certified all positions welder fabricator and then I went on from that to go into the mechanic shop, and then uh, so a certified mechanic with a number of dealerships. And then I went from that to uh, now now I'm working with uh, Volvo and uh, doing soft products. So uh, all those things and soft products, that's, that's the computer age, uh, what we do with computers on our equipment. Uh, so all those things just sent, went hand in hand mm-hmm. to build where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. So uh, I use all those skills in my, work, my workshop. 
I make knives. I make woodworking stuff to, uh, as a kind of a vent. Sure. You know, from work. That's uh, what I'll do when I retire. My uh, my ambition is to retire in North Carolina with a little knife shop up in the mountains. Maybe grow a long beard and yeah. drink some moonshine. I don't know. Are you thinking <laughs> the Asheville area? Or we're... Yeah, probably okay. the Asheville, uh, Hendersonville area in uh, okay. Western North Carolina. Nice. Uh, so I have a lot of family down there. A lot of our kids are down there. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what we're looking that's for. That's a good plan. Yeah. That's a very so, good plan. So we'll, uh, uh, we'll make knives, uh, build engines, uh, drink moonshine if we need to. And do that kind of stuff when I retire. <laughs> Maybe not so much moonshine, but we'll build, we'll build engines sure. and knives. So. Well, what would you, um, when you and your wife end up perhaps pulling the trigger on on the next the next vehicle for yeah. enjoyment, and probably going to be a, a frame off, like you said. Yeah. Um, will the intent be for get, kind of bringing back some of those glory days of the straight line, or will this be more of a Low and slow and a parade vehicle. Or what do you think? Oh the, no. Okay. All right. Good. I was I was hoping the real bill wasn't going to get lost in there. Somewhere. No, no. Uh, if we if we make a car, it'll be the real deal. Okay. Uh, another rule I have: if you build it, you need to drive it. I don't build trailer queens. Yes. Uh, my knives. If I make a knife, I don't make a a, a, a desk jockey. Mm-hmm. All my knives are made to be used and mm-hmm. used hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I build a vehicle, I intend to use it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm kind of torn between do I make a full-on rock crawler or do I make a full-on race car for the road. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at. Okay. My wife's kind of pulling towards uh, maybe doing some off-road stuff. She enjoys that kind of oh, thing. Wow. My wife is very much a gearhead. I love my wife. She's a gearhead. She uh, enjoys sports. She shoots guns with me. I mean, uh, she's the one that buys the boats. So uh, she loves to camp. That's why we have the camper. Mm-hmm. She found it. Uh, so very much active in, in a lot of the things that I'm, I do, and she promotes a lot of things that I do. She, in her own right, she's a, a jewelry maker. She's de- be a designer for jewelry and stuff. So uh, she has her own thing going on, too. But uh, we just enjoy life together. And uh, the, next, the next rod, whatever it is, uh, it will be, it'll be intended to uh, be driven. Good. Well, I'll, I'll leave it at that if you know what I mean. I want to ride in a very formidable, formidable vehicle. Yeah, and it'll be very old school. Um, I, I love carbureted engines. I love the way they sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that uh, nowadays we can make more horsepower with uh, fuel injection and a lot of uh, aspirated engines and uh, using uh, turbochargers and, uh, and that kind of thing. But I just love the old uh, naturally aspirated carbureted mm-hmm. uh, engine. And mm-hmm. small blocks are my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Um, maybe a 383 stroker, nice. you know, something in, uh, in a medium-sized car. Uh, and it may not be a car. It may be in a four-wheel drive frame. Sure. But we'll see how it works out. Sure. Well, I can't wait to be yeah. part of uh, so a new story. That's what, we're, that's what we're looking for. So New chapter. Well, this has uh, been a real pleasure for me. Is there anything that you'd want to share with the Cars of Carlisle podcast audience? This is your, is your closing remarks. Yes, I I really, uh, I would really encourage uh, the youth to get out, the young people to get out and, and work on their stuff and see how things work. Uh, we leave so much to the computer nowadays uh, that people aren't used to working with their hands. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, even if you're if you're in a job where you work with the computer all day or you're sitting in a, at a desk all day and at night, it's just something mythical about putting a wrench in your hand. And tearing something apart just to see how it works. Absolutely. And even if it don't get, if you don't get it back together again, it doesn't make any difference. Right. 
You've learned something. Yeah, you've learned something. Tear it apart, see how it works. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I say, when you do that, uh, it's tangible, it's real. You feel like you've accomplished. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's one thing I would say for for folks to get out and uh, and follow your dream, feel the real, and and, and make things happen. I like it. Outstanding. Well, we'll wrap here in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, and throw it back to Studio A in Carlisle. But, Bill, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate uh, coming on. It's been a real pleasure and spending the evening here in your garage with you. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. What a great interview with Bill Anderson. Uh, Such a wealth of knowledge, and it was so exciting just to hear a laid-back conversation about something, a subject that he loves the most. And I loved at the beginning when he said i hope i can come up with something interesting for your fans Mm -hmm. and it was like hello this is all so interesting i mean especially me as a newbie to this world Mm -hmm. of cars um it was so interesting to listen to and he was riveting and captivating and just i hung on to every word trying to understand sure what he loved so much about his cars and the kinds that he liked and very cool and i felt like i got an education on the business coupe which i had never mm-hmm. heard of um so just a a really fun like i didn't want it to end no that's a good way and that's how i felt when i was sitting across from him we had uh fold out camp chairs in his garage there was an empty side of the bay and uh, we just set up a little uh, kind of temporary table and everything to do the interview with the with the microphones and everything and i could have stayed there most of the evening it uh felt like five minutes went by and really it was close to a half hour so he is so knowledgeable uh, a great friend to us an awesome guy and he's even said about uh, helping to maybe do some tune work on the brz in the year year or years to come so we'll see that's awesome and uh great storyteller yes um and of course near and dear to my heart was the story of his six daughters and their six friends <laughs> going to the new kids on the block concert mm-hmm as I have been there and done that with my poor mother. Mm-hmm. Um, Who she probably also has earned her wings. She definitely has. <laughs> um, so that brought back really fond memories. And we didn't get the privilege of doing the RV thing, but we definitely did the um, the limo, which was which was pretty cool. So, uh, so yeah, fond memories of the New Kids on the Block stuff and waiting out overnight. My mom and I camped out overnight for tickets and... So it's definitely a, kind of a rite of passage for a young girl, I guess. So what a fun story for that. For ladies or guys, if this happened to you. That's true. That's true. Drop us a line and tell us all about it. Yeah, we'd love <laughs> to hear your stories. I love it. So um, so coming up next, we have the Corvettes at Carlisle show, which is happening this weekend. Had a great interview with Lance and Jody last week as mm-hmm. our pre-show. Uh, so really looking forward to the event. I know you're going to the charity dinner yes. on Friday. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, I duty calls and I have to be out of town for business. So um, so you're going to be on, on your own with this when I'm flying solo, huh? That's okay. So looking forward to hearing all about the show. Really bummed I'm going to miss it. But, uh, but looking forward to hearing your perspective and how things go. It's going to be a great show. Wow, we're really looking forward to this meeting up with uh, fellow vet fans and uh, it's it's one of my favorite shows and, uh, so much to see and learn I know Chevrolet is going to be there and uh, and they always come in full force and do a great job of representing uh, Corvette and the brand so a lot to talk about next week 
stay tuned for the post show of Corvettes at Carlisle. Absolutely. And until then, drive well and be well. Take Take care. care.